0: Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. Matt and Dez Gonzalez are the founders of Kingdom Culture Ministries, a nonprofit organization that specializes in training, consulting, and resourcing leaders. Join them as they talk about life, family, faith, and all things prophetic. Now let's get to today's episode of the Matt and Dez Experience. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. On today's show, we're going to be having a conversation about the difference between freedom and independence. And uh, this has actually been a hot topic that me and Des have been talking about, having a conversation about. And we want to let you in on this conversation today because there is a huge difference between freedom and independence. And I feel like in our nation right now that independence is is destroying our connection. You know, just recently I came off the road of being part of a conference with some great friends of mine in Amarillo, Texas called the Kingdom Reformers Conference. And one of the things that I noticed at this event was there was such a atmosphere of freedom Hmm. and the freedom happened as a result of not us wanting to be independent of one another, but us preferring one another and wanting to walk together. And we're going to talk about this because I do believe, babe, that our need for independence, which is rooted in our DNA as a na- nation, I'll share what I mean by that, is been so imbedded in us that it's disconnecting us from deep connections, but also running with one another. You know, at a at a time that is needed for us to come together and not be independent of one another.
1: And I think one thing that we we want to dive into is, you know, it's one thing to have national loyalty, but it's another thing to know what the Bible says about it. Right. So I think that's that's really where this topic kind of came from with us, because, you know, we've seen such a perversion of this, you know, in our culture. And so we were like, okay, Lord, what is this supposed to look like?
0: Yeah. And, you know, even the foundation of our independence from Britain, if you discovered the Declaration of Independence, it was good. It was good for what was needed at that time, because it was actually saying, hey, we're not going to come under control of this government system. So I'm not saying that independence as far of what we did as the U.S. is bad. I'm just saying that we now have to build upon our independence. Independence alone cannot be good for us because of the fact that it disconnects us rather than bringing us together it actually causes us to be independent of one another right and, and i feel like i see this right now i see it in our nation in different groups uh we have different causes and groups that are trying to separate and they want independence mm-hmm. but in actuality freedom is what we all need And what does that look like? And we're going to jump in and talk about that. Yeah. So I think maybe we should start with defining
1: what independence and freedom actually are. Let's define
0: them. Yeah. So the definition of independence is not looking to others for one's opinion or for guidance and conduct. The definition of freedom is not subject to the control or domination of another. Wow. Those are two different things. You know, one of the things that we understand, I want to give you some scripture for this because this should really, really help us, especially as believers, because we have an advantage. You know, Galatians 5.1 says this, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. I love that, babe, because right there it tells the purpose. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. Right. So our freedom that we get to experience right now was because there was a purpose of this, that he actually gave us freedom to set us free. Now, that freedom to set us free has boundaries, though, because we actually see this in Scripture too. Now, here, watch this, guys. This is so good. Galatians 5.13, one of my favorite Scriptures, babe. You were called to freedom. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another. Mm. So we understand right there that the nature of freedom that we get from heaven is not to be independent. Mm -hmm. It's actually to be so connected that our freedom enhances the life of someone else. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: because you got to ask the question like in independence, what's the end goal? What what does it produce? What's the fruit of it? And I think we could all agree that the end goal of dependence alone, apart from freedom, there's not really good fruit on that. I mean, mean, you, you can say there's loneliness, there's rebellion, there's, you know, like, where's your heart posture if that's what you're desiring? And I think in our culture, the reason why people are so on this right now like no i'm gonna do my thing i'm <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna be me you know boo leave me alone i i got it i got a <laughs> destiny you, you... i got a call I, yeah, I, yeah. I i i i i i yeah. mm.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> because what they're really saying in my opinion is that they are sick of being controlled and they Mm. don't wanna be controlled. And of course, that's not God's heart for us. And that really is what their heart is crying out for, is for freedom. But they maybe have no model for what that looks like. And to be honest, going to go there. Us as the church haven't done a great job modeling freedom yeah, in our culture. It's true. Is that true?
0: No, okay. that that's very true. I think, you know, I'm even noticing this right now. Like I'm all for, and we've talked about this. We've actually the episode on this, the empowerment of women right now, especially in the body of Christ. But I would like to take it a step higher. We should be fighting also for healthy marriages. Mm-hmm for husbands and wives that are modeling freedom, connection together, not just independence of one another. And I I, I actually feel like that's one of the roots of why we see divorce Mm -hmm. is because you have two people fighting for their own, not coming together. But wasn't marriage originally created to bring two people to become one again?
1: Right. It's really the best picture on earth of what we're talking about. What freedom, what interdependent relationship looks like. And I I, I know we want to talk about the difference between independence, codependence, and interdependence.
0: Let's yeah. define that real quick. You know, when, before we jump into that, one of the things I want to kind of just share, share so a foundation, babe, is I once heard Danny Silk say a quote, and it was a game changer for me. He said, the top priority of heaven... Is freedom. And the reason that is, is without freedom, love's impossible because love is the opportunity and option to choose. Mm -hmm. And so freedom is the top priority of heaven because you get the opportunity. And even if you think about it this way, Satan had the choice to choose. God, even in his love, gave him the ability to choose and he just chose wrongly. And if you think about it, the Father, I believe, maybe stepping on some toes here, the father of independence was Satan himself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He wanted to be independent outside of God. Mm -hmm. And so he made that choice. We know the rest is history. You read the Bible. And I mean, I
1: think a good scripture to even go along with that is the Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of
0: witchcraft. And what is that saying? (laughs)
1: You know, I I don't need God. I don't need people. I I can do it on my own.
0: You know? Oh man, you know, one of the biggest things, babe, thinking about this, that, that was so frustrating as we were pastoring for 10 years is when I would hear people say, you know, I don't need to go to church. I just, all I need is God. <laughs> okay, here, here's, a, here, here, here's a problem. I'm gonna get my soapbox just for a minute, okay? <laughs> to say all I need is God is half truth, because how can you ultimately There's some people out there who've had an encounter where they've seen God face to face, but for a lot of believers, they've never had a face to face encounter with God. So how can you tell me about a God that you believe in, that you only need, that you cannot see when yet you actually reject and neglect his body who you can see?
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's plain and simple. It's just not what the Bible says. Either. Yes. The Bible doesn't say you just need God. On this earth, it's very clear and instructs us that we, our relationship with God, uh, the outflow of that is with our relationships with other people. Yeah,
0: it's true. It was it was so frustrating hearing that because most of the times I understood it was easy to process the person because many times people were saying that out of a place of hurt. Mm-hmm. Like I've been hurt by people. I don't want to open my heart back up right. because they hurt me. So I'm just going to be me and God against the world all I need is God I'll just be with him until people come back I'm not opening up again but you know I like to say it this way if you experience you know a bad uh, relationship or you've experienced a bad experience at church I like to say it this way. If I go to a dentist and I need to take care of my teeth, I go to a bad dentist. It does not mean I stop going to a dentist. <laughs> well, I hopefully ju- not. <laughs> no, I just find a better one. Right. I find the one that is going to be the one that's going to help me to get health
1: on my teeth. Right. And, you know, the revelation on freedom honestly changed everything Game for changing. Matt and I yep. as leaders, our marriage, too. our marriage. And I want to get into that because I want to give some context to this. But when we first started out in ministry, of course, you know that if you follow our podcast, you heard some of our testimonies and we started out on the college campus and we literally, we were thrust into, you know, this amazing move of God and all these students were coming yeah. and we had to figure out, Oh wow. Like, <laughs> This is awesome, but they need pastoring. They need discipleship, you know? So our context of freedom, what we grew up in, It would not have been effective you know a lot of these students didn't have church background a lot of these students even had you know just came right out of the occult or got radically delivered and you know we couldn't give them some christianese formula (laughs) for getting whole and free and and create these boundaries and structure and that are gonna box them into this religious formula like that's not what they need and that's not what we need and that's not how we should be leading
0: yeah, no, it's true. I heard a quote one time says the hardest people to control are free men. Oh, let's go there. And I mean, that's because someone who's truly free can't come underneath the control. The thing is, like Des was saying, part of our upbringing, and uh, I've uh, we've since known why the Lord kind of brought us back into the church. And I actually want to kind of go after this real quick is that, you know, when we were seeing these students radically save into a kingdom encounter where they were having face-to-face encounters with God, they were going the vision, supernaturally on a college campus, God was snatching them out. And then our only, you know, we, we knew they needed pastoring. We knew they, we needed, we wanted them connected to a body because our heart has always been, we want to be a bridge to connect uh, fathers of sons, sons of fathers. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted these students to get in a culture where they're around mothers and fathers. The only problem at the time in our city, I would sit down and meet with pastors in our city and they would always put in a requirement on me. Hey, we'd love to have your ministry and your church here. The only thing is we really want you to put our name on it. You know, we, we want to be on the college campus and we want to put our name on it. But here's the problem we had when we were campus ministry leaders is that you get students from all different faiths and background. And to just put one name on it isolates your reach to be able to reach everybody at a certain level, a certain extent. And so I was, it almost felt like a form of control. And then we would go to some churches and our students were so radically saved, they worship passionately. Because if, you know, one of the things I like to say is, is to the depth that you are delivered is to the depth that you're going to worship God. And so they were worshiping passionately. And a couple of times we got kicked out of churches because they said they're too radical. And so here's my grid. Here here, here we are, both me and Des, uh, you know, pretty much mother and fathering this younger generation that we love so much. And then kind of isolated from the church. So I... Got this independence on me. Uh, I can't really speak for Des because I think she's always had a level head. I think me, <laughs> I'm the one that's kind of you know. And so I'm like, you know what? Skip the church. <laughs> I don't need the church. I don't need pastors. We're st- you know, we'll have our own thing here on campus. It, you know, and and it really created an independence of not of originally my original intent to connect the community, now created an independence. And so we had to step up in some areas, but then the Lord had a great plan. He said, you know what? I'm gonna let you guys pastor for 10 years and kind of get that (laughs) edge off. Shout out to all the pastors. And I will say this right now. If you're a leader, I want, and you're listening to this, I want to encourage you to start championing pastors because right now in our culture, we champion prophets and we champion apostles. And a lot of these pastors aren't being championed and they need to be championed again. We need it all. So just- My soapbox, anyhow. So that was kind of our... Our jam at the time.
1: Yeah, and I, just to add one detail to that equation was, it wasn't that we were just going and they wanted, uh, a lot of these leaders wanted to put their name on what we were doing. We were actually getting labels by some of these <laughs> leaders that were, yeah. um, were cold, were, were in heresy, were teaching bad theology, you know, all of it. And so, here we are, seeing this move of God and seeing people get transformed, get healed, have miracles. Like, Weekly, we were seeing radical conversions, you know, transformation. Come on. Yep. And so it was amazing stuff. We were having all night prayer meetings, and they literally said, That's too radical. You shouldn't be doing that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm like,
1: Really? Yeah. Okay. Prayer is now (laughs) too radical. (laughs) All right. So, how do you process that? And let me just remind you, babe, that we were the same age as a lot of our students. We were mothering and fathering. We were still in our 20s. So, it wasn't like we were, yeah. It, in, in a lot of ways, they would look at us age-wise as peers, but we had to rise above the fact that, okay, these these guys are the same age as me, and we have to somehow mother and father them. So we didn't know what we were doing, but God's grace <laughs> God. covered us. And, um, you know, I, I just think, too, that dealing with, I, I just so appreciate how God did things with us, because yeah. we got thrown into the deep end real quick, and it's like, You know, you can get away with some things in the church world, you know, in the church culture, but when you're out on a secular college campus, people don't care. Like they don't, they, you know, it's like the famous quote, people don't care how much you know until they what? know how much you care and it's so true like they can read right past all the religious stuff i mean there was other groups and i'm not trying to put anyone down that would try to start christian groups on campus but no one was interested i mean they they never grew they never went anywhere because it was just this religious kumbaya meeting and people wanted they wanted freedom they they needed help in their lives they wanted to know someone cared about them and so that's really what we're talking about this is it was like leadership 101 Like,
0: yeah, well, part of it, I think, was because we saw some of the strategies, babe, is that many times we get in our Christendom and in our Christian cultures and we're trying to give answers to the world to questions they're not asking. And that was always our game plan on the campuses that we were actually Taking the gospel because we believe the gospel is a solution for everything. In the gospel message, there's a solution. Jesus is the answer, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were actually giving them solutions to their problems and not giving them, you know, trying to answer questions they're not asking. And I think that's so difficult because you know when when, when we the church, I know this is getting off topic. I want to get back on, but when we the church don't have our ear to the heart of culture we miss the ability to influence it because we only have a heart to our culture yeah it's true and so what happens we neglect it and we don't know how to communicate we don't know how to give real answers to real problems and what they're going through we only answer the problems that uh, we only give answers to things that we brought through not understand they're not even on that grid or maturity level
1: and paul was so brilliant in in the fact that He, you know, he says, I became all things to all men so that I may win some (laughs) fire. And and I feel like that's so misinterpreted by a lot of people because it's it's the whole thing you say a lot is like we're so afraid to get around people who have sin cooties, you know, like, man like no we can't go over there we can't be a part of that group or we can't yeah. involve ourselves with them because whatever's on them might jump on us yeah <laughs> i'm like that is so opposite to what the kingdom message is i just don't understand that
0: you know and i think this this podcast comes at the right time because there's a lot of controversy going right now in the charismatic movement i'm not going to address kind of what's going on but if you're on social media you'll see about leaders falling and and, and mud being thrown throw and all this stuff and i have seen a lot of posts about oh this is because you know sloppy sloppy agape this is because grace this and that oh, i gotta tell you grace ch- transformed me i believe it's impossible to experience true freedom without experiencing true grace mm. and mercy
1: yeah
0: you know it's not either one. It's both and more. You know, you just even share on a personal level how freedom and grace transform our marriage. Yeah. You know, um, I'll say it this way. In a culture of control, sin will never manifest because it's constantly put under control. Why? Because when, when whenever there's a, a religious culture, control is always at the forefront of that. And so when control is the forefront in the operating system in which we engage people, then what happened, we don't become safe people, we don't have safe culture, so the sin that is within a person doesn't get an opportunity to manifest. Now, in a culture of grace, Sin now has an opportunity to manifest. Now, here's where we go off. So this is where the problem people have is they think that grace is a license to sin. True grace is not a license to sin. It's actually the ability to walk in true freedom. And never have to deal with that bondage again or that corruption or whatever it was. And, you know, much of my Christian life, I was taught a theology of just being on the cross, not understanding that the gospel of salvation leads us to the cross, but the gospel of the kingdom leads us beyond the cross. And so Jesus never preached the gospel of salvation, preached the gospel of the kingdom. And so part of this and just kind of giving my my journey is that I was a leader in ministry for many years. Uh, my first couple years of marriage, I hid a really bad pornography addiction. And part of it was because I grew up in a religious culture where I brought baggage in and my baggage needed an opportunity for a safe place to be able to to deal with some stuff, some deep, actually rooted wounds. Because really what, what I found out, whenever you have an addiction and you keep trying to cut off the branches, you never get true freedom until you get down to the root. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize there was a deeper rooted issue there, but because there wasn't a safe place, because I didn't have an understanding in my theology of grace, I hid it for so long until it was exposed. And I had opportunities to expose it, but the reason I didn't expose it is because I lived in the culture, religious culture, that if you came out... And I'm telling you, this is this is what happened because I've seen it. I've seen people confess sins and it used against them. They became isolated and they got kicked out of the fellowship. Yeah. They got disowned. So why would I want to come clean about something... If I know rather than me getting set free, it's going to be used against me. And now I'm not just, now I'm not just having addiction. I now have shame. I now have, you know, all these other things thrown on me. And why, why would I want to be free? You right. know, it wasn't until I got exposed and praise God, because I I, I would encourage you guys, if there's something you're hiding, you have to bring it to light because eventually you'll get exposed. You'll have opportunity, but you'll, you'll it'll expose because that's how much he loves you. This is his love. And so long story short, came in and we'll probably do a whole episode on this later. I don't want to give the whole, but it it was exposed and it was the first time that I had a revelation of God's grace that transformed me because I understood that the cross was not just giving me forgiveness of sin, but it was actually an opportunity to get free from sin and that I could become a new creation. And there's so much more than that. And I got to tell you what, guys, I have experienced freedom (laughs) in my life that has just been amazing. And I've seen how it's affected my wife and I've seen how it's affected my kids. I think one of the things that was a game changer for me was when God says, God told me this during that time, because I was experiencing, you know, a lot of stuff at that time. He said, if you don't fight this battle, your kids will inherit it. Mm. I feel like that was for somebody here who's listening today.
1: You know, and if you are listening to Matt's story as he's sharing, of course, even, you know, if you're a wife and you may be going through something similar and you may be like, OK, well, how did you deal with that, Des? I wasn't perfect at it. Um, and the the way that it actually came out was God um, kind of gave me a word of knowledge. I had been having dreams and would question things. And and it just it just came through basically god revealing it and so but ironically i mean of course it's a longer story and we definitely want to share more in depth at at a later time but for now i just want to release this matt's saying that he this was the first time he had a true revelation of grace yeah and ironically Even though it was super hard, I was very angry and I I was going through my own process, you know. But this was the very first time I truly understood the power of mercy and forgiveness. And it changed how I even saw what Christ did for me. It, it totally opened up a new place in my heart to receive the, the love, the mercy of God in my life, because it came to the point where um, there was a period of time where I was using it against him. I was holding it against him, and I would continually remind him of how his decisions affected me and affected our family. And it came to the point where one of my mentors, I was called her up, venting, crying, Upset, Felt very justified, right? I, I had been a victim in this. <laughs> I felt very justified in my anger. Yeah. And she asked me this question. She said, how long is long enough to keep holding this against him? And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I have an answer for that. But I do know at some point I'm going to have to choose mm. to forgive and and really forgive. And not use the language of punishment and really, truly open up my heart again to him. And I know, you know, we've used the example that the first few years of our marriage felt more like roommates, not yeah. soulmates. Yep. And and this is part of the reason because there was such a block in our intimacy because he was hiding that it, it, we couldn't truly get to that vulnerable, intimate yeah. place. And of course, sex is part of that, but it's not the only thing. It's in our communication. It's in our just interactions, our affection. Yep. It was it was just awkward. <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, it, if I could explain it, it would. It was like it was awkward. It didn't feel like a marriage at all. And it wasn't until after this came out and it was exposed, and we were able to actually build something. Come on. because we were at this place of freedom that our marriage got so much better after that point. And so I just want to release hope on this issue... Alone, like okay, I understand Matt can get free, but what about the spouse that that feels like they were a victim in this? Yeah. And it it may be even worse than pornography. It may have been a, an affair. Yeah. It may have been you know things that broke your trust in other ways. Yeah. You know, in finances, and they were lying to you about it, or you know, other addictions they were hiding from you, or it whatever. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter what it was, but I just want to release the hope that not only can you get free of this god can do more within your freedom and in your choice to forgive than he ever could do prior to that because there's something powerful you know it's like the whole thing with forgiveness it's like and we don't say this but we've we've heard this that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting yeah. someone else to die yeah you know, of course, we would never say that or intend for that to be our heart. But that's really, in essence, what we're doing. We are drinking this poison yeah. yep. and, and expecting the other person to reap the consequences of it. But it can't happen. We're literally blocking the grace of God to flow when we hold unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment.
0: And, you know, uh, what I didn't understand because of independence, babe, was mm-hmm. that independence was so rooted in in my beginnings that you cannot separate control from independence because the nature of independence always requires some control some some form of control yeah and so my independence kept me in a mindset that said my decisions are only going to affect me wow and that's what we're trying to talk about is that we don't understand that independence creates a mindset that says i can make choices because i don't have control i'm not being controlled So my choices aren't going to affect anybody else, but that's the biggest lie. That is the biggest lie because you understand whether you are in a relationship of marriage or in a community or whatever that connection or relationship looks like, we have to understand all of our decisions will always have a repercussion on someone else and independence robs us from that understanding that our choices are going to affect somebody else. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize that my choices, even my self-choices, I thought, like, well, you know, I'll deal with it. But it's not just you're dealing with it. It affects people. Yep. In a in a, in a really hurtful way. You know, Paul instructs us
1: in 1 Corinthians 6-12 that everything is permissible but not but not everything is beneficial. Ooh. Everything is permissible but not everything builds up. So good. And I feel like some people, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, babe, I feel like some people, when they use the scripture, they're defending the fact that they can do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, like the emphasis is not that you're allowed or you're per- it's permissible to do whatever you want, but the emphasis is, are you walking in mature love? Yeah. I mean, to me, that... Okay, yeah, it's permissible. Go ahead and do that. But is it beneficial? What's the heart behind it? Yeah. What's the motive? What's the fruit that's going to come out of that decision? Everything's permissible, but not everything builds up. What is he saying in that? If it's not building up, what is it producing? Is it tearing down?
0: So good. Right? So good. Well, it goes back to the scripture we read earlier. You are called a freedom, brother, Galatians 5.13. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for flesh. But through love, serve one another. So what, what you're saying is is so key, because I think what happens is I've seen people's theology change because of the things that they were hiding. Oh, yeah. And so what happens is you will always look to justify what you're hiding rather than looking to the word to be able to get freedom from what you're hiding. And so, you know, I think sometimes we we use, we, we can interpret scripture on our behalf to enhance us but true freedom is not just the enhancing of us we're free true freedom's boundaries right is the opportunity to enhance someone else's life through love through serving
1: yeah. I mean, I know that you've said this a lot in different teachings is that, you know, a, a river's only as powerful as its banks. Yep. And if, if we're picturing a freedom that is so raging and so wild and so all over the place Ooh, and so chaotic and, and there's no order, that's actually not freedom because yeah. freedom is always done in the context of love. Yeah. And so, so what good. are the boundaries of freedom? What are What are the healthy boundaries of freedom? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, you. I I mean, bottom line is you were not created to walk in independence. Scripture says you were called to walk in freedom. Now, independence is always going to be attractive to a person because it looks attractive. But independence, once again, is always going to require a form of control because I'm trying to control my distance from another group, from another person, whatever that may be. It's a control. Freedom... It's void of control. Yeah. So I like to say it this way. Independence will always equal distance. Codependence is unhealthy connection, which we could talk about this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's go there.
0: And then interdependence means each person is powerful, but then you have powerful people walking together who realize they need each other. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. That sounds like the kingdom.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think that this codependence, um, independence codependence and interdependence we see a clear distinction and a lot of us i feel like know what it feels like to be in a codependent relationship yeah and and again this this can be in a lot of different contexts but it's i mean the basic definition in an individual controlled or manipulated by another it's an imbalanced relationship so it the way it's expressed is there's a giver rescuer and then there's the taker victim role yeah. in that kind of relationship and it's so rampant in um in our culture in general that we have got to get this revelation yeah i feel like it—it it is utterly important people are because they are so used to having these kind of relationships and they've been under control and they know what it feels yeah. like they're like oh i am never going there again so then you swing right to the other side of the pendulum because you're like oh no i'm avoiding that at all costs i touched that stove it was hot I buy, And so then they go to seeking independence, right? So the problem is this. If you are only used to being in those types of relationships, codependent relationships, where there's an imbalance, where you've been controlled um, and and things like that, that is your definition of what love looks like, whether you know it or not. And so you may try to run and say, oh, I'm seeking my own thing. I'm doing my own thing now. I'm not going to be controlled anymore. But if you equate control equals love you will inevitably end up back in that type of relationship because in 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 the root of it is well, any attention is better than none at all, Ooh. right? And so you'll go and you'll fall in and we've heard this over and over and over. I don't know why I attract these types of people and, and let, let's use a dating scenario. I don't know why I attract these these bad men in my life and that they, they just use me and yeah. they control me. And, and of course, if there's abusive situations happening, I'm not saying that it's your fault, at, at no, all. No. But we have to recognize the cycle. This is a pattern. This is a cycle that needs to be broken. And the only way to do that is to come into this revelation of the price Jesus paid for you and the freedom that is available to you. And so, the healthy version of what God has done for us and, and what He offers us in relationships on this earth is what we call an interdependent relationship. So good. And this is where freedom,
0: true freedom, can flow and relationship you know i think one of the things that i love babe right now is is um is understanding like we were called to freedom and what i'm seeing right now and just kind of experiencing and i don't know if this sits true with you or maybe the listener but uh, i've noticed something like authenticity the highest form of authenticity comes from a person who's completely whole and what i've seen Even in our culture right now is that people are calling authenticity, their woundedness, and they flaunt their woundedness as freedom of expression and call it authenticity. Oh, boy. When I believe the highest form of authenticity that actually brings healing to people is when a person is experiencing true freedom, walking in interdependence and is whole. Yep. Yep. Like my my woundedness, like flaunting that around and and, and calling it an expression of freedom because it's helping me be authentic. That's not helping anyone. No, totally. And I I believe true authenticity comes from a form of actually empowering somebody uh, and enhancing their life. And to flaunt my woundedness as a freedom of expression and calling it authenticity doesn't help anybody. It's just drawing attention to me. And I think this is why I think I'm so passionate about this whole topic, even about freedom and independence, because this is real. This is what's happening right now. We need to learn how to walk in freedom and what true freedom looks like. And the fact that our freedom should be enhanced in the connection of walking with other free people who are powerful and choosing. That's the, that's the thing, choosing to walk together, which is interdependence, right? It's what we're talking about. Yep. And so how do we do this? You know. I want to say this. This is the first thing I want to say. I want you to get something really practical. And, um, and uh, this is such a big topic. We could uh, probably do another episode on this. But we can never create a culture of freedom without having two big elements. A culture of grace and an understanding of love. Because grace is going to help people get set free. But love will create the boundaries of how to aim that freedom to serve one another and enhance someone. That's good. You need them both. And so when people get on their soapbox and say, we don't need grace or we don't need sloppy agape, you know, let, let me just let me address this real quick. God is love. And I've seen that used in our in our culture, specifically Christian culture to empower people to stay in their dysfunction. See, God is love. It's, it's true. God is love. But that wasn't the ultimate definition of God. That was just one description. God is love, but if you read scripture and you see the different aspects of his nature, you'll understand that the definition of him is really more complete in other aspects. So to just hold God to love only is not a full definition. And so I think this is this is really, I feel like it's it's disempowering us because he's so much more than love. And on that note, love looks
1: like something. Love is just not a term we throw around because it's like, ooh, fluffy, marshmallows, butterflies, and unicorns. You know, love looks like something. According to Christ, love looks like laying down your life for your friend. Come on. That's what love looks like. That's our definition of love. And so if you say, oh, all I want to do is love, are you laying down your life? Hmm. Are you showing, using your freedom to set others free?
0: Wow. So here's some questions you can ask yourself. Just give them some practical stuff. How do I know if I'm walking in independence? Well, here's an area. What area of your life are you not trusting to bring people into, to have a relationship, to connect with? Are there areas that you're just saying, you know what, I don't need anybody, I just need God? Because the truth is... That's partial truth. Yeah, we need God, but we like to say it this way. uh, All the years of of mentoring people, especially when they have relational issues, one prayer to altar is not going to heal your relational issues. Say that. Your relational issues will be healed in walking out in the context of another relationship. It's not just one prayer. If you have a relation, if you've been hurt in a relationship, one prayer is can begin the process of healing, but it doesn't bring the ultimate healing because you still need to be able to gain the tools to walk out in a healthy relationship. So we still need those relationships. So what area in my life am I avoiding, allowing somebody to come in? And when I mean someone to come in, I don't mean just anybody. How I many you know you need a safe pe- a safe person? That's another episode that we want to right. talk about. Yep. How do you become a safe person? The second thing is codependence. Practically, what, what, what would you say, baby, that looks like? What are some practical things that we could give somebody right now to recognize that they're in a codependent relationship?
1: Well, let's let's I'm use a personal example. So if you're in a, a codependent relationship and it's been like that for a while, like maybe your whole life, maybe it's a, a parent, maybe it's a... A, a spouse, even it's someone that's close to you, that it's not just a friend. That if it's unhealthy, you can walk away from them. You know, you know what I mean. Like this is something that you need to walk out in your life. There is things that you need to do on your end. So one of the things that I think that where we go wrong is that we just stay and just let things be how they are, thinking that well, I don't have the power to change it because the other person's not changing. And that's a big, mm. the biggest lie you can live wow. under. And it, you're right; it won't change if you have that mindset. But what needs to happen, in my opinion, is that you can seek to get healthy, whole, and free, regardless of if the other person chooses to do so. And while you're doing this, you know, a lot of times you become a model that they are so like, good. oh that's what this can look like. So good. And I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it can be a challenge. It can be challenging. You have to confront things. You have to do it in a healthy way. You know, healthy confrontation is not always fun. It's <laughs> yeah. not always, you know, exciting. And, oh, I get <laughs> to have a hard talk today. You know, like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it it's hard and it takes courage. But I know from experience, when you step into that courage, if you choose, that's key is choose. This is a choice choice to step into this. If you choose courage and you step into those opportunities, a lot of times you will not even realize that it the breakthrough is easier than you thought it could be. So good. And so a lot good. of times we have so much fear of the other person's response that we just avoid it and oh my gosh i can't even i have so many examples that come to mind of times where when i chose to actually talk about something and really confront it in a healthy way i'm not talking about exploding and oh i got to tell you how i feel because i'm not going to be in control anymore and yeah that's not going to go over too well <laughs> if you really want to change the dynamic in a in a codependent relationship you have to you have to be brave enough to be the model and i know that's that's not always easy but it's so worth it it's so worth it.
0: So good. So good. You know, lastly, we'd like to leave you guys with a couple thoughts. I want to kinda create something for you right now because I, I I'm so passionate about this topic. You know, Romans 821 says this that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. You know, I want to break this down just real quick. This last thought for you. The nature and height of your freedom, true freedom, not independence, freedom is going to determine the freedom that you bring to creation around you. I mean Romans is is just dropping it is dropping so much knowledge right here that there's something about the freedom that we experience that in turn is going to set creation free, not just other people free, creation free. Cuz I believe there's a creative side that we get to tap into in freedom that does something around creation around us. So I would encourage you to go on this journey, begin to have this dialogue with God of what this true freedom look like in the kingdom. If anything I hope that we gave you some 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 thoughts and some foundation on how to pursue this. But how do we walk this out? And how do we become houses of freedom to the world around us setting creation free? What about you, babe? Any last thoughts?
1: You know, I just can't help but continually um, think about one thing. And I I just feel like I need to say this. Um, If you're listening and you are in a church or community where you feel like you're in this situation you're under control you know it you know that it's not healthy you know that it's not producing fruit in your life or your family's life i just feel like some of you are asking the lord for permission like is it time is it time and and of course i would never want to make that decision for you and you need to take it to the lord but i feel like there's a few of you at the sound of my voice that you're looking you're asking god for permission can i go now and I'm talking about you're under a unhealthy control that is not okay. That's so good. And I hope I'm being clear on this. So good. That is permission enough to God's releasing you. And there are places, there are communities that will embrace you and love you and accept you. And I just, I just want to pray that you can, God will lead you to the right place, the right community, that you can find your people, you can find your tribe, and that it will be a blessing to you and your family.
0: So, so good. Wow. That was fine. Wow. Thank you guys for listening to this episode today. If this podcast has enriched your life, make sure to subscribe and would you please share this podcast with a friend or family member as it helps us to extend our reach and bring this podcast in front of the listener who may not be aware of this Podcast that we have. Also, we want to give you opportunity to partner with us. Part of us producing this podcast and other media is that we have a heart for the Media Mountain and want to see truth to continue to come into Media Mountain and be able to release the nature of Breakthrough. If any of these episodes have brought Breakthrough to your life or has been a blessing, would you consider partnering with us, either on a monthly basis or a one-time basis as it will help us to continue to produce this media as ultimately this is free it does cost us to produce. And If you would like to partner with us, make sure to check out the donation link in the show notes, or you can go to our website, www.mathanddes.com or matthewgonzalez.com and click on the donation link and you can help partner on a monthly basis or a one-time basis. Until next time, thank you for listening to this show. This is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. We are out. Be blessed.